Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, where each week we discuss new ideas and tactics to help you succeed in business, relationships, and life. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddard. Welcome to the Tim Stodds Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest today is Kevin Fremon. I first discovered Kevin when I was going on my nightly walk and I was looking for a podcast. And so I put on Pat Flynn's podcast, Smart Passive Income. And I came across this guy's idea about creating communities around helping other creatives develop online businesses around their creative ideas. And I was just really, really impressed with this guy. I was impressed with his story. I was impressed with the way that he articulated uh, his his concept around community and his enthusiasm around online community. And I was also just really intrigued by his story. Uh, He's been a creative his whole life and he had some real, real serious failures that kind of brought him to the, brought him to his bottom through bankruptcy and, and, and divorce. And, uh, but what I, what, what I was most impressed with in Kevin's story is what I, I most admired and why I really wanted to get to get him on the podcast is because he didn't give up. He took his bruises, he took his lumps, and he focused his effort onto his next project. And his next project was a huge success. He created an online community that helped uh, Instagrammers basically create canvases for their photos and and monetize their photos by selling them. So it was it was his first online community. And he has since took that experience and he has created Lightbulb Moment. So Lightbulb Moment is Kevin's newest community. And what he is doing is he is helping people create a life and business that they freaking love. The online community is for creatives. It's, it's a group of people that all support each other and all want to help each other so that we can all thrive together and that we can all do our best creative work together. Man, Kevin was such a joy to talk to. Like I said, he was super articulate and he was really great and economical with his words. And, uh, and I was just really impressed by that because (laughs) I am not that way. And so anytime somebody is really clear with their words, I'm always an admirer of that. And he's just a great entrepreneur and a great person. And I know that you are going to love this conversation. So please, without any further ado, help me welcome Kevin Fremont. Hi, Kevin. We're recording, brother. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, man, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me. Uh, I'm, I'm excited because there's, well, I guess first off, let me give some context. I heard you on Pat's show and that's how I got an introduction to your work. I'm, uh, I don't really know Pat that well, other than the few conversations that we had, but like many people, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Pat Flynn and, and I appreciate all the value that he's brought to the world. And, uh, in that podcast, I know that you kind of said that he was a big impact on your life and your new career as an entrepreneur. So I thought that was really cool. And in that episode, you gave some context to your backstory, but more importantly, what I really want to focus on today is you talked about your new uh, membership site, your new community. I have found that people that start online brands and no matter how they create content, that's always kind of like the thing that everyone wants to do, right? It's like really fun and you get to build a right. tribe and network with people and it's monthly recurring revenue. Uh, I've also found that it's a lot more daunting of a task than it seems like where 
it's easy to sell it as like some real fun hip thing where like you're hanging out with people and sharing ideas, but there's a lot of work that goes involved as well. So, um, so with, with that intro, uh, I want to hear your story, man. I know that you briefly touched about it on the podcast, but I, I thought that your story was very fascinating and your journey on, on how you got to today. And then hopefully we can lead up to, to the idea and the catalyst of light bulb moment. So, uh, so that's enough out of me, man. Please tell me, how, how'd you get started? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I came from a background, you know, growing up as an entrepreneur with just this creative drive in me. I've always been a, a real big fan of design and photography and anything that had to do with creativity. You know, I wasn't the best student going through high school and even in college. Uh, and so I really found this love for design, especially as it related to, you know, building these web experiences for people to have online. And so most of my early journey as an entrepreneur, as it relates to tech, online spaces, communities, really started back when I was, I think I was 22, 23. It's a little bit of a blur, uh, a couple decades ago. And I got my first like a real job right out of college, art school. And it was for a big, you know, big corporation doing video game packaging. And the whole corporate life just didn't work for me. It just didn't suit me and like where my true desires were. So I quickly uh, started to do a side hustle. And I've always been a side hustler, like throughout my entire career. And I'm still a side hustler today. And I ended up basically building up freelance clients, doing web products, uh, design stuff on the side, so much so that I said sayonara to my corporate gig in about a year and a half and really ventured out on my own at that early age in my early 20s. And so being like a young kid, nothing to lose, I first started building my own like agency, building other web products for entrepreneurs and just people who had ideas. And this was circa 2004, maybe 2003, just to give you a little bit of context. This is like way before the iPhone came out. This is before Twitter. This is before all that sort of stuff. And I came across one of my first clients and he had this wild idea to build this community that was a cross between Facebook meets WebMD meets MySpace, or not MySpace. Um, I'm forgetting the context, but it was like massive and he had a massive budget. And so myself and my partner at the time, like two young guys in this like super small little office with this client in front of us saying that he wants like everything, including the kitchen sink. And we're like, all right, we got this. We can do this. And looked him dead in the eye and, and we're like, no problem. We'll send you a quote. And that was my like first real big entry into building like a full-fledged community with features, starting to bring people into you know, our community and fostering a lot of engagement and learning from that. So that was like my really first step into this whole path of building community. As time went on and, you know, the years went by working with clients, 
I got this like itch in me to just want to build my own community, build it from the tech to the ground up. And I had this wild idea that, uh, honestly it was, it was, well, I'll say, you know, what I would tell myself is it's, it was ahead of its time. But like the honest thing is I, I went about it in a very uncalculated, unvalidated, unstrategic way and shifted all of our team's energy focus finances towards an idea that I thought would work, but I didn't put in the hard work to actually validate that that was true. And what was the idea? The idea was to build a community that allowed people to Okay. It was called vibe.me at the time. And the whole premises was a social network where you could attribute your, your vibe or a vibe to a specific location or to a specific post. So if I'm, you know, feeling like supercharged up and happy and I'm having a coffee at my local place and the vibe's good, the music's good, I could like select from this like list cool. of vibes put my vibe and then add some context about where I am or what I'm doing. It was, it was a crazy idea. It was super crazy idea. Um, We tried to go out and bring in venture capital during the first financial crisis back in 2008. So like the timing was even pretty poor, but aside from that, man, I just, I, I didn't approach it in a pragmatic way to go ahead and, learn early, early on from customers to see that this was something they actually would need. Mm. And honestly, man, that experience, like investing so much of my time and energy, uh, it took me to my financial rock bottom, um, literally bankruptcy, uh, divorce from my wife because I was so engulfed in this product. And I mean, I was literally at my lowest moment um, that I've had so far. And that was really when I had a couple of choices. It was either to move forward and, you know, find a job or press on and try to build something else. And that builder quality has always kind of been in me. So from there, my next big, you know, success, thank God I had a success, <laughs> was with my last startup company where I had this wild idea as I was an Instagram user. I love taking photos. This was like right before Facebook had purchased Instagram. Do you remember that? Of course. Very and, well. And I noticed like all these people are taking amazing photos, putting them on Instagram, and then they just die, right? In like 24 hours, no one really cares. And so we had this crazy notion to help Instagram users or photographers uh, sell their digital photos as these like canvas prints. And so the short story um, is that we put out this wild idea in a very measured approach, meaning we wanted to validate this concept. Um, I certainly did having like my last crazy idea that took me to the, you know, (laughs) took me down basically. So you did it right the second time is what you're saying. Yeah. I did not want to repeat that mistake. Lo and behold, and this is a, this is the coolest thing. I reached out to 10 people on Instagram. I didn't know simple value proposition with a link to a page where they could sign up and connect their Instagram literally in 24 hours from those 10 people with a simple like comment on their Instagram. 
we had 5,000 signups. Amazing. And the next night we had 10,000 signups. Wow. And so two months later, we were involved, or during that time we were involved in an incubator program where you have like a demo day at the end where you get up in front of all these investors. And at that time, two months later, we had close to uh, 100,000 people who had signed up to be a part of this community and marketplace. So cool. And so during that experience, again, it taught me a lot about how to foster uh, building community and keeping people engaged. And that community grew to around about half a million photographers participating um, in you know, an app experience, like very much like an Instagram, but also marketplace experience. And so I learned a tremendous amount. And if anyone of you listening right now have had any experience in startups, like it's a roller coaster ride. It's awesome. And it's terrifying. Uh, It's just full of ups and downs. And thus I've learned a ton, man, like a ton about taking a concept from absolutely nothing and understanding how it needs to evolve over time based on what you're learning from the people that you serve. And that's one of my hugest takeaways. Um, moving forward, and I'm going to speed really quickly up to the light bulb moment and, time, then, brother. and then we'll carry on. Yeah. During, during that time as a side hustler, like I mentioned, I, I ended up building this web product on the side for our marketing team at the time. The web product was a, um, it's like a theme platform or a theme for the HubSpot platform that would help our marketing team build up landing pages, build websites, and I could just let them loose on it. I ended up putting that in the marketplace and lo and behold, it started churning out cash. And this was taken a little bit from the inspiration that I got from Pat Flynn because I was listening to his podcast a ton, like these passive income models. And I was like, I would love to play with something in this like territory. I'm already like focused on building a startup that's helping photographers earn passive, uh, passive income. And how can I start to play with more opportunities for myself? And so I'm like, here's this product, it's a digital product. I can put it in a marketplace and let's see what happens. I remember, dude, the first, the first time I woke up um, in the morning and I saw my little like PayPal uh, notification and it's like, you made a hundred and I was like $127. Yeah. And it's like, you, we all hear that saying like, oh, make money while you sleep. Have you heard that? Of, of course I've heard that. You're reminding me of uh, an experience I had where I was just learning about basically believing in myself because... I didn't for most of my life. And uh, somebody told me, just start um, imagining checks coming in the mail. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. And so I built my first blog. Um, This must have been 10 years ago. And I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I just figured out Google AdSense. And I didn't even realize that when they paid you, they literally mailed you checks. And I'll never, ever forget I think I, I still have the check. It was $27. I never cashed it or anything. I just <laughs> couldn't freaking believe that uh, these other, I guess at the time we were, we weren't even, we were just dreaming, you know, and these other dreamer friends of mine, um, I, I told them that I was 
trying to do this and I was trying to take this turn in my life. And then one day I come home and there's a check for $27 in the mail. And uh, so that feeling like, get out of here. I, I didn't even necessarily like, I put in work, but it wasn't linear, right? It wasn't like this hour equals this much. It was something that had capacity to scale. So that feeling that you're talking about um, is, is amazing. And, and another quick story, my wife recently just started an online clothing store and she woke up the other day, I think just in the middle of the night. And uh, you know how it is these days, like the notification popped up on her phone right as she woke up and she was shaking me at like 12 midnight. You know, I was like, Tim, Tim, I, I sold an item. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever, go back to bed. But, uh, but yeah, like that, that shit is a, a, a very enlightening and exciting experience for anybody, especially because it's like, you said so much in there and it's only $127, which in a lot of respects is a lot, right? But it's just that first little bit of hope, right? Where you're like, oh my gosh, like this does actually work and I can do this. That's exactly it. It is yeah. that like, holy crap, yeah. that worked. And how can I make this work even more? And so, yeah, that's awesome that you had the experience as well. And it's, it's not about that, you know, that first dollar amount that you get, mm -hmm. but it's about the validation that, oh, wow, there's something here where I'm now able to scale my talents, my experience and my skill set without any sort of ceiling. Yeah. And I, I come very much from a, an agency style background where we're selling hours. Like, sure. okay, there's a certain cap of hours that we can sell based on whoever, you know, is on the team. But with this whole aspect of creating these passive income streams based on digital products or whatever it might be, it's like suddenly that is out of the equation. And that's, that's awesome. And, it's, and so as kind of, I pressed on, I would continue to, you know, put more and more effort into this digital product that I was selling on the side again, while I was still, you know, fully into this startup company slowly that, you know, a hundred bucks turned into a thousand bucks a month, turned into 5,000, turned into 10,000, turned into 20,000. And I'm about four years in and that product is already, uh, it's already gained over a million dollars in revenue with absolutely zero spent on advertising, which is always the question I get like, Oh, cool, man. You know, a million dollars in sales, but like how much do you spend in Facebook ads? Literally zero. And my approach to building businesses, building products, building community is always uh, focusing on the experience that we provide to the people that um, we're serving the people that we're actually like building for and that's one of the things that I believe has allowed me to see this success and is why I'm now starting to move towards like my bigger mission in life, which is to build this light bulb moment community where I can help other creator types, people that have that entrepreneurial itch. Uh, maybe they're trapped in selling their time for money and they're still early on their journey. And my whole thing is how can I actually help prepare them and help, you know, move them faster through all of the like hurdles and barbed wire and like crap that I've had to wade through, you know, over the last 20 years to get further along faster. And so 
I'm now at the point of building this, this community and taking so much of what I've learned over the past few communities that I've created and, and just getting after it and trying to create an, an awesome and memorable experience. Um, and one that all always provides value whenever they come and engage. That's amazing. Congratulations. And Thanks, I really, man. I appreciate that. I can tell that you've worked hard and that like you've really given a lot of yourself to all of that work. So uh, congratulations. I, I want to talk more about Lightball Moment, but before we do, quick caveat. I looked at your Instagram. You're an amazing photographer. You are, <laughs> Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. You're, you're very talented. Um, they were beautiful photos. I always felt like, I mean everybody looks at art different, right? And that's why art is, is such an amazing thing. But I guess with Instagram and stuff, I kind of lost appreciation for the art of photography, you know, because it's like, Oh, you like, you have an iPhone, congratulations. But, uh, it was my web developer who got really into nature photography and he took a ton of trips up to, uh, the Arctic circle. He got really into photographing, uh, the Northern lights, really into photographing tornadoes. And, uh, and I've seen like the work that he puts into that one split second moment, you know, where it's like, maybe I'll get a shot. And it, it gave me like a whole nother appreciation for, uh, for him in particular. And when I was looking at your pictures, I was thinking this because a lot of them were like at the top of hikes and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, you're like, you had to get there. And like, that takes work. Right. And so, um, it gave me another appreciation for not just the art of like taking the photo, but the art of like putting yourself in the position at the right place at the right time for like that, that to happen. So, uh, I mean, feel free to comment on that for a little bit, but I just want to extend you a compliment. Yeah, no, I appreciate the compliment. Uh, you know, to me, the interesting part about being a photographer and I wouldn't even call myself a photographer. I, I am a hobbyist. I've always enjoyed taking sure. photos, but to me, I, I think really where the magic is, is when I'm out with my nice Canon or even my iPhone, I find myself when taking photos or looking for photo opportunities to ultimately be super present in wherever I'm at. Mm. And like really grateful for whatever, you know, the, the moment, the sunset, the whatever it might be. And to me, that's actually been the larger and more impactful part about wanting to take photos. It's just, it's being super grounded in that moment. And for someone like me, where I'm a doer, like I thrive in like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get up and go here. And so having this hobby as a tool to remind me to like, Kevin, everything's cool. Slow down, appreciate where you are. Like life moves fast, like enjoy this moment. And then, being able to capture that has been one of the things that has allowed me to carry on this love for photography and continue to kind of foster some of its development. Yeah, it's beautiful. Amazing. Uh, all right. So let's dive into it. What was the catalyst to decide to go all in to actually start this community, especially considering it's not necessarily something that you needed to do right? Like you've had the proof of concept, you've done it before. I, I want to know about, so what's my question here? Like I said, so many people want to start communities and so many people do, and then do it for like the first month and a half. 
Um, frankly, myself included, I, I didn't do it because I tried to, and I just felt more comfortable with the things that I really am into. Like I'm, I'm a good lead generation guy and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good at building online brands basically, but the constant work of creating a community for my personal brand, I didn't want to, I just didn't want to do it, you know, and it's a real commitment and there's a leap of faith on your end because it's, it's not an instant gratification type business. It's a very long-term, like scalable, getting out of your own way over and over again over the course of like two or three years. Um, and then even when I say that type business, I, I personally believe that in order for communities to work, it, it has to mean more than just a business because if not, you're going to lose interest in it and then your audience is going to lose interest in it and they're not going to want to participate anymore and then they're, they're not going to want to pay you, right? So uh, talk to me about the, the catalyst of this. How did you decide on these particular people that you wanted to serve and like, why does that mean so much to you? Sure. So when we're talking about who it is that I want to serve, mm-hmm. I wanted to get extra clear on who this type of person is. And so how I think about that is, or I call the people that I want to bring into the community creators at the end of the day. And that, that term is thrown around a lot. You, you hear the word creator and you'll think YouTuber or filmmaker. But the way that I think about the term creator is anyone who has their happy place when they have an idea and they're actually starting to bring it to life. To me, that's like the antithesis of someone who is a creator. And that could mean a, a variety of things. Sure. And so I, I've always been like an idea guy. I have no shortage of ideas, hence light bulb moments <laughs> and the perfect branding there. But I have also known a lot of other people who have had fantastic ideas and don't necessarily understand exactly either where to start or maybe they've started and they don't know necessarily what the next steps are in towards pursuing whatever their vision is. And so that is ultimately who I wanted to like really help in life. And yes, I have an, a creative bend and a lot of people that are within this community are more on that creative side. Mm. And in part, when you're creative, when you're a filmmaker, when you're in that profession, a lot of that is selling your expertise or your time for money. Yeah. And so part of it is speaking directly to these creator types and hopefully demonstrating and or showing them a different way forward. That way being, you know, building scalable products into your own you know, business model or business so that you can free up more of your time to do what you love most. And maybe that's photography, maybe that's you know, hiking. It doesn't really matter what that is, but the whole idea is how can we unlock this lifestyle for these creators so that they do have more time, time wealth, as I like to call it. Nice. But for, for me, man, the vision was... Coming to terms in my 40s, I'm 42 at the time we're recording this podcast right now, turning 43 in November, and I've had a, a decent amount of success, certainly some failures in my life, 
And I really just got to a point where I asked myself, what do I really want to do with the next 20 years of my life? And what do I want to leave behind? What do I want to be known for? Um, and the answer that ultimately came back to me is, I want to be known for my generosity and ability to give at different levels at the end of the day. Um, that's one of the reasons why the light bulb moment um, community, it's a hundred percent donated to charity. It is a membership site. Like people pay monthly, but all of that, those monthly fees and dues are donated to global charities that the entire community gets to vote on. So for me, moving into this community building is, is more so uh, a large mission and vision that I have to like give at scale, give to the community um, in terms of value, but then also have the community be able to give at scale to other, um, other nonprofits, charities, people in need. It's very interesting the way that it works because um, when I got the invite to the membership and then I saw the, um, I guess you call it the landing page where you're so straightforward about the fact that like, yes, no kidding. 100% of the money goes to charities, like except for the Stripe fee, Stripe takes that. And I think everybody thinks to themselves, yeah, right. Okay. But it was kind of when I was looking through that and I was thinking of my own experience that I knew that it was going to be a real success because the projects that I've created in my life where there was something bigger. Um, and there's, I think it's important to address it. Like there's always something in it for you or for me or the person creating it. Like there has to be, or else why would you do it? Right. And it's important to address like, what do I want to get out of it? But without that, that, you know, higher purpose to it, um, I just think it's very, very difficult to push through the inevitable challenges because if there is no higher purpose and it's easier just to turn back around and walk down the hill, right? And then just find another hill to walk up. So unless you have like a, a bigger calling, it's funny, I, I talked about this last time, um, two episodes ago, I had this kid named Jack Butcher on and he was really cool. But we, we talked about that and I talked about, it's not this kind of like woo woo, you got to have a purpose in life. For me, it's like a real pragmatic thing because why would anybody suffer through something that doesn't give them, you know, some sense of like fulfillment, right? It's just, it's not practical. Nobody would do that. And so I, I was thinking that to myself and I looked at, at the landing page of your website and I thought like, man, this guy's like really all in for this. And there has to be like some kind of bigger, bigger meaning for you because, you know, like I said, if not, you wouldn't do it. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you nailed it, frankly, Tim, like as far as getting to a point where you're going to go through a struggle, I'm certainly, you know, going through my own struggles with just daily life and all the crap that we put up with. And it's like, what are those things that really allow us to get out of bed in the morning, mm. um, feel charged up and just press on. And, you know, some days are way funner and easier than others in, you know, many regards. Um, and, you know, some days you need that drive in the background in order to like really carry on and show up. And sure. so 
for me, definitely having like a larger mission um, and something that, that like feels really, really good to me um, is, is super helpful in this endeavor because yes, the community is, is something that I'm focusing a lot of my time and energy on, but you know, my other business that allows me the revenue and the, you know, the growth to actually do this in the way that I want to do it, you know, is, is another thing that requires my focus and time and energy. So it's, um, it is definitely about the, you know, the grander why. For sure. So for people listening to this, and I know there's going to be a few of them that are thinking about creating a membership site around anything, whatever their particular idea would be. It's difficult to get started, right? Like those first hundred members are tough. You got to really push that border up the hill. So what has been, uh, and well, you, you told me a little bit of the, the reason why you had success with your photography community, but um, I, I, I personally wouldn't call that like a lightning in a bottle type deal. I still think that it was good product, good timing for people that needed the service, which is, 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 is what you need, right? So assuming that people have all of those things, how, what's that first hurdle? Like how, how can you guide people on, on getting a community started, getting those first hundred members, those first thousand members and building something that like people love to come back to? It's a really good question. I think whenever starting a community comes, you know, to that point where you're like, okay, I want to start a community. I've been thinking about this for a long time. It's something I want to, you know, step into. One of the common things that I've heard from, from others who have wanted to like venture into this territory has to do with wanting or feeling the need to make it perfect from the very start. Sure. Like, Right. And that's, that's not just community building. That's, that's so many things. Right. Um, and so one of the things that I did based on just my experience in the past of trying to be perfect, trying to think I had it all figured out early on was to really do as much customer development early on, uh, that I possibly could. What's and so, mean? so what that means is Customer development is more of a, a term for um, startup companies and people who are selling a product to a customers. Well, let's ch change that to community development or audience development. Mm -hmm. Basically, I wanted to go out or I didn't want to. I, I did go out and I started talking to a bunch of people that I knew who were in this kind of creator personality or archetype that I was hoping to attract. And the first thing that served me well is just to start to understand some of their challenges within their own, you know, business, within their own lifestyle and, you know, how they were dealing with some of those challenges. And like overwhelmingly, when I was starting to like reach out to fellow photographers, fellow entrepreneurs that were just on their own, you know, laptop journey of trying to build something isolation and feeling they like they didn't have a level of accountability and support was an overwhelming response that one I was kind of looking for but I was also unsure of and so just doing the legwork of just talking to people and like getting their feedback is so often a misstep that people are like ah I I kind of know what people want and I'm just going to take a best guess and go for it 
understanding the language in which some of these people I was talking to were using, um, how they were expressing themselves uh, in relation to their challenges and their hopes, then helped me start to write and figure out what was the messaging that I wanted to have on this landing page so that I could start directing more people to my lightbulbmoment.com landing page and it's like very first version way before I had a community platform up way before like I did any of the work there because I wanted to see, okay, I talked to these, um, these people that fit the bill of being a creator, here are their challenges. Here's how they're talking about them. How can I actually spin this into, I hate to use the term like sales copy, but how could I create a compelling message on this landing page yeah, along with the, what's that? You got to come up with a story. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And then how could I actually like learn whether or not I could get people to this page and resonating with it enough to then fill out the little like request my early invite form. One other little trick that I did early on is I wanted to understand like who were these creative types, creator types that were drawn to the community. And so I would even have like this little qualifier where I would have a drop down that would say, what type of creator are you? Where's your expertise? I actually still have that drop down because it's worked fantastic. But that helped me understand of the people who had this problem enough to sign up and want an early invite, like what kind of subset of a creator type did they fall into? And it was just starting to more deeply understand who these people are and what they were resonating with, which is ultimately what helped me feel a lot more confident about diverting some of my focus from my existing business into stepping further and further into creating the community. So there's two things that come to mind with that. One, it sounds like that rock bottom experience has played you um, has paid you some real dividends in the future because that's two examples in which you took your time and you made sure that there was an actual market fit for what it was that you were envisioning. And uh, I just think that shit's cool, man. I, I can't, I always wonder when something bad happens to me, like how am I going to feel about this bad experience three years from now? Like, is this going to be one of the ones where I look back and think like, Oh, it was probably a good thing that that happened. And that's not always the case. You know, sometimes yeah. like it just <laughs> like shit happens and you're like, this sucks. <laughs> and there's, <laughs> exactly. there's like nothing else. But, uh, but so I, I wanted to make a note there because I thought that was really interesting. And then, so the next thing that, uh, that really comes to mind when, when you talk about building a community is just the, there's, there's a technical side behind it, which I think is really important to address. And I think people get, they get tripped up because they look for that perfection. And there's so many different options out there and there's so many different platforms and, you know, like you can get creative enough and just build an entire community on Slack these days if you want to. Like you could have a paid Facebook group and there's some people that have success with that. Although I personally wouldn't recommend that. So uh, I know just through our, um, through the, the things that I already know about you that you built your platform on, a, on a, a brand new membership community platform. And I definitely want to talk about that because um, I looked at the demo and the way that circle works, circle social, I think it's called. It, uh, it's called circle as far as I know, but it's circle.so. Okay. Yeah. So the way circle works is 
it's kind of like a hybrid between Slack and, and Facebook where it's a great way to put it. Exactly. It's like a perfect timeline that people are really comfortable with, but it, it one ups Facebook in that it still has like this channel element that Slack has that I think people are also very comfortable with. And then of course, like you can build courses and products and stuff on top of that as well, if you choose to. So this is a little bit of a selfish question, selfish question, because I'm really interested in this new platform as well. And I want to know like why you decided to go with Circle as opposed to MemberPress or Facebook or Slack or, or even Mighty Networks. Like, what do you like about that one? Sure. It's a great, great question. I, I spent a lot of time and thought in terms of yeah, how I wanted, yeah, I wanted to, to roll this community out. I, I, of course, I looked at Facebook groups. There, there's certain advantages and disadvantages to each platform. So for example, I would look at Facebook groups and uh, the, the real advantage there are you already have eyeballs of people in Facebook. I mean, I don't particularly use Facebook and that was one of the things that disqualified Facebook for me. But that advantage of people already there, so the ability to engage your community becomes easier. Mm. The disadvantage is, one, it's Facebook and you have a lot of distractions. So when people come into the community, they're also distracted by all the other crap that exists in Facebook. And it doesn't feel as premium and or as, I don't know what, what the term is, just it didn't feel as like there was some level of community cohesion that I want, well, I wanted the experience to feel. The next thing I looked at, Slack. I, I use Slack a ton. I'm in a bunch of different Slack channels. I almost considered going the Slack route, yeah. but I felt that it wasn't the right tool for a community job. Slack is great for writing email of, you know, from an organization or a company. There are certainly successful Slack communities out there, but it just didn't quite fit the bill for me in terms of wanting the conversation and the, the, the topics that were, you know, added to the community to feel like they could have a place to live. Where in Slack, it just feels like things move by really fast and there's not an opportunity to go back and see what conversations has happened. I looked at Mighty Networks briefly and they're a pretty cool platform, but I just, it wasn't quite fitting where I wanted to go. And that's when I stumbled upon Circle. And I'm a startup guy. I'm a tech guy. I come from that background. I knew that this was like an early startup. And the beautiful part about that is knowing that I could have a bit of my own thumbprint on the product direction by being early, creating a relationship with their founding team, and then coming to find out like the founding team of Circle are product designers, UX designers, and like people like from my own background, which like made me fall in love like even more, only because I knew that they were going to also really double down on the experience and how they were actually building with a lot more intention into the product and really listening to uh, community uh, facilitators, I guess we'll use that term, like myself or like others who are leveraging the platform to build their own community. 
And so moving towards Circle as you know my go-to community, dude, I'm so happy I did. They've been, moving, they've been moving fast on the product um, and it's really allowed me to create more of a, a white label, well, like a white label experience that feels very much like my brand. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like I'm pushing someone into a Slack or Facebook groups. It feels very cohesive with the, the brand that I'm building for Lightbulb Moment. Yeah, thank you so much for that insight. And I wanted to really touch on this because I know it's not like as cool or as fun as a topic of talking about, you know, growth and startups and all that. But I think, I think that a lot of people get hung up on the technical side of it because there's so many options. And then no matter what you do, unless you're going to completely customize something, in which case, you know, you're at least 20 grand in. But no matter what you do, you're, you're always eventually going to find one little thing where it's like, ah, oh, it'd be so cool like if I can do this, right? But you're, you're working on a, on a closed loop and you don't really have that, that kind of uh, control or power over the functionality of your community. But so like I, I can empathize with people that want it to, that want the interaction to be a certain way. And so that's why, I mean, you, you really touched on a lot of these things, but this is why I think it's an important conversation because Facebook is what it is, right? Um, I'm not a Facebook person either. I used to be. I've built some really great brands on Facebook. It's more just like a personal resentment like, <laughs> for anything, uh, frankly. Um, and then Slack, you know, like I was part of a paid Slack group, which I actually really enjoyed. And I enjoyed meeting the people And I enjoyed the conversation, but I just feel like Slack has been too integrated into our work society. It's like, I I spend all day on Slack because I mean, you know, like my team is all over the world basically. And I love Slack. I'm like a Slack fanboy. In my opinion, (laughs) the the coolest piece of software that I've ever used, especially for how it can be applicable to my life and my business. But like, it's, it's kind of, it's like going to a party at, the construction warehouse that you work in every day, you know, (laughs) exactly. You want to go to a club, you want to go somewhere and like kick back and have fun. So I just, I always felt, I I always felt that way about Slack communities and then mighty network. I, um, I I've been really involved in like addiction recovery in my life and I've built some cool communities around there and we built one on mighty networks and I feel great about the experience. I feel great about, um, the, uh, shit, the words kind of escaping me, just like how easy it is to figure out, you know, like if nobody gives you instructions, you can find your way, uh, the word will come to me, but I'm, I'm just running into a few customization problems and there's just no way that you can do things. Like for instance, if, uh, there's, it's very difficult to create like a free group and then paid access to certain things. You basically have to have the entire membership for free and then you can put paywalls in front of other groups or courses, but it's difficult to make it so that, so that it it all kind of looks like the same thing for the person who paid and to the person who's free. Like if if you see it and for somebody that has seen these kind of interfaces before, um, you know what I mean? Because it's like, if you pay, you have to go to like two separate sections of the community, right? As opposed to just having it all flow in front of you. And so 
for that reason, I know that was a mouthful, but like, I'm really excited about Circle because I think it's a cool open space. I think communities are going to be more and more popular, especially as like, as like hobbies and, and um, clubs and tribes of, of all different things, like continue to become more and more long tail. And, and I think that it's like, it's a huge opportunity for a ton of people. And so like, I'm really excited to see what Circle does and, and how uh, native the experience is going to be. So like, thank you so much for being so descriptive with all that, because I think it's an important topic. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because as it relates to community and at least the way that I'm thinking about it, if we like backtrack over, you know, the last 10 years, 20 years, Mm -hmm. it's been really interesting to see how we engage our audience um, and how we basically grow our audience. So, you know, obviously, you know, email, an email list was like one of the first steps into, you know, building an audience and building like people who you could market to, speak to, et cetera, that then, you know, shifted, not to say that email marketing is gone by any means, that then shifted to social media um, and building an audience there. We're starting to see trends in capturing, you know, phone numbers for text message and SMS services. I'm real interested in that. Yeah, we're, it's a really cool topic. Uh, and then I, I think this whole aspect of, of building more full-fledged communities follow suit in there because we're starting to see that barrier to entry. Like you were mentioning a moment ago with all the tech and all the things starting to get lower and lower and lower and lower. And so this whole concept of how can you create more connection with the people that are in your audience begins to become really interesting to solve because like email or even social media can feel very much like I'm broadcasting to these people mm-hmm. and they're just, you know, getting, you know, a one-sided conversation. As we start to move into, you know, this whole aspect of building community, suddenly you're opening up opportunities for two-sided conversations and connection. And I think that's really where there's a lot of just fascinating potential when it comes to thinking about community building versus just list building. I totally agree. I love that. Uh, Okay. So let's wrap this thing up. You've been very, very generous with your time. Um, I'm sure you got a busy day ahead of you. I I want to at least finish off with some, some excitement around light bulb moment, right? Like if I were to go in there, what is it that I can expect? How, how am I as a creator going to get benefit from being surrounded by other people? Is there a leader? Is there one person basically saying like, if you do this, you'll follow the way? Or is it truly an interactive experience where everybody helps each other? I I guess I want to know what's in it for the people listening. Absolutely. The way that I've always like thought about this and moved into this community is when it comes to me and my position in it, mm-hmm. yes, I am the facilitator. I am, you know, the the founder of the community. But in all of my messaging and really how I think about it is this whole thing, light bulb moment and this community, it's not about me. It's about us. And so while anyone going into the community has the ability to, you know, have access to, you know, myself and 
access to the, the community at large. The way that I want to approach this and the way that I am approaching this is, one, I'm here to be that sounding board to say, here's what you should do. Here are the actions that you, know, you should take. And also like, here are my questions for you, you know, because I also believe that there's a lot of our own answers that just need to be pulled out of us. I love that. And so the experience very much for anyone joining is being able to come in, have a variety of spaces where you could ask for feedback. You could share your own, what we call light bulb moments. You can participate in our monthly zoom calls. We just had this like zoom call earlier this uh, week uh, and you know, a bunch of members from the community came and one of the important things for me in building this is how can I quickly help others connect with, you know, other members of the community. So we had the zoom call, we did the, the breakout sessions feature where like people would randomly get paired and have mm-hmm. a prompt Um, and then come back in. And so really my whole goal is we have a group of like-minded, amazing people. How can we get them further connected with one another on levels that are more, more than just surface, like here's my business need, here's my challenge, but like how can we get people to really like be one another's cheerleaders? And so starting to think through different ways to, um, provide that level of experience is really where I'm, I'm focusing a lot of energy, especially since this community is three months old, you know, we're not even at that hundred member mark and our cap is only a thousand members in the community very intentionally. And so really my whole goal right now is, is creating those, those connection opportunities. That's so cool. I'm very excited for you. Uh, I think it's going to be like a great experience in your life and a great experience in other people's lives. And, um, and just once again, like congrats on getting through that first hurdle of idea to conception to like a, a minimum viable product. Right. Uh, all right, man. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Kevin, once again, thank you so much for your time. I, I, I knew I was going to enjoy this conversation and, and I really did enjoy your insight. We got, lightbulbmoment.com. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Freeman on Instagram, right? Just your name. That's me and or on YouTube. Okay, perfect. I will make sure I link all of that stuff up on the show notes. Uh, damn, let's do this again, Kevin. You were super cool to talk to. You live in LA, right? Next time I come out there, maybe we can grab some coffee. Yeah, dude. I'm a, I'm a big coffee fan. So you just let <laughs> me, me know. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is my huge cup, my light bulb moment, like 32 ounce of coffee every day. It's, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. Well, but, it's like, I quit everything good in my life. Like I don't even drink soda anymore. And so every once in a while I get through these ideas, like maybe I could give up on the coffee. And then I think about it for like a second. I was like, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. Well, hey, Tim, I, I appreciate you uh, having me on your podcast. Uh, I really, really do. And um, I'm excited to have just the opportunity to, you know, chat with you, connect with you. And, you know, I definitely appreciate you giving me some some space to talk about the community that I'm building and, and some of my lessons learned along the way. Oh, my pleasure, man. Uh, let's do this again. We'll keep in touch. Thank you so much for your time, Kevin. All right, man. 
Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.